Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. In every community across the United States, towns, cities, states, we have law enforcement officers. We have first responders. We have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders. From law enforcement officers, EMTs, paramedics, firefighters. In addition to that, we have heroic crime victim survivors. If you want to tell your story of survival and how you recovered and how you rebuilt your life, feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. We made it so easy to get a hold of us, too. There's many different ways. Go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. The Contact Us page of the webpage. Download our free app on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. You can contact us through the free app. You can contact us on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. Heck, send me an email. My email address is j, that's J-A-Y, at lawenforcementtoday.com. You see, we'd love to hear your story. And we know, we hear so often, I have a story to tell, but no one will give me a platform. Law Enforcement Today is your platform. Joining us from Los Angeles, California, we have Robert Rangel on the phone. Robert, thanks for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And you've got an interesting story. We connected via Facebook, by the way, our Facebook page. If you haven't taken time to like it, just look for Law Enforcement Today. Be sure to like it. Lots of good stuff there. If you ever want to be a guest on the Law Enforcement Today radio show, just contact me. You can send a message on the Facebook page. You can email me directly. It's j at lawenforcementtoday.com, J-A-Y. Law enforcement officers, spouses, family members, even victims of of violent crime who have a powerful story to tell. This is your platform. And uh, Robert, so glad you're here. We got introduced via your book called The Red Dot Club. Tell us a little bit about the book. Well, the book is about officers who are thrust into situations where they're defending their lives. The book is about guys, officers, and when I say guys, I mean 
both genders, yep. male and females, who've been shot and who have to fight through a shooting and survive. And there's nothing that I've ever seen, and I'm a very strong reader, been reading since I've been a kid, love to read. I've never read anything where it describes what's going through your mind as you're pushing the thoughts away of, I'm going to die, I'm gonna, my family's going to miss me, while you're in a fight. Yeah. And I think that our public, well, number one, our officers uh, oftentimes don't understand what they're going through as they go through this. I wanted to reach out to them. But our citizens don't understand it either. No, and, and one of the things that we, we always see, and people misquote quite often, especially in social media, is when, when an officer says, I, I fear for my life, meaning the legal term that we have to say because you can't really testify in court to someone else's intentions. You can only talk about what you felt and their actions. I can tell you from my own experience, when I was being shot at, when I came to the realization that this guy was trying to, to murder me, I made an instantaneous decision that, you know, I was going to die, but it wasn't going to be that night. It wasn't going to be by him. And, you know, it was a lot of profanity in my head, but it was, I was going to do whatever it took to survive. And, those thoughts are ugly. They're not part of my nature, but I'm pretty sure I'm not alone when you have an officer or anybody that's confronted with a life and death threat that they have that sort of thinking. You know, my book lays out exactly what goes through in these, these people's, these officers' minds, and there's different degrees of fear. Uh, I've, I've been chasing, the, I've chased a guy in a plane car my partner and I, and we knew we had a gun. He had just robbed someone at gunpoint. We knew, had a gun, we knew he had a gun, so there's that fear. Now you're doing 110 miles an hour up a street, up a city street, and all of a sudden flames come out from under the hood onto your windshield. And you can see the smoke, and you can hear the, you can hear the flame, and you can see the flame. All of a sudden your partner starts screaming, we're on fire, we're on fire. You look down, you're doing 110 miles an hour, He's trying to crawl into your lap. You're pushing him off back into the passenger seat. You're trying to hit the brake. You're thinking you're going to die. You're going to burn alive. And all of a sudden, the flame's gone. He looks at you. Time has slipped by because you lost a little bit of time in the stress. Mm -hmm. Something no one else talks. People don't know this. Time distorts. Absolutely does. you, You lose a little bit of time and... You look down, and you, now you're doing 80 miles an hour. Your partner says, what are you doing? Whereas a second ago, you were pushing him off you. Now he's sitting there calmly asking you what, what I was doing. And I said, I'm stopping the car. He said, I think the flame's out. We're not on fire anymore. And I said, okay. And I hit the gas and kept going. That's <laughs> that, fear. That, that also doesn't make sense for uh People who don't have that type of job, they go, wait a minute, you're chasing a guy, he's armed with a gun, he did a robbery, your car's on fire, you slow down, the flame's out, and you decide to go after him again. Yeah, because you got, you, you know, if you're in the moment, you're doing something here, you know the guy's a bad guy, very bad guy, probably, for sure he is. The fact that he's just robbed someone, you don't know what his past is, but you can be sure this isn't his first time at the rodeo. So... You know, that's fear. You're thinking you're going to die. Someone's shooting at you. That's fear. To take you, and I describe it in the next book, I've got the Red Dot Club and the Red Dot Club Victims Voices out. They're both very similar. 
I describe in the beginning of the Red Dot Club Victims' Voices the different degrees of fear. And when someone's shooting at you and you think you're going to die, that's, that's fear, and it's very real. And I'm not putting anything, anyone down that's gone through that, but the ultimate is when the bullets are going through your body and you're waiting to die. That's a whole different level, a whole different dimension that very few people go through. And I'll be and honest that, with you, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I, of all the, the, the shooting situations I was in, I was never, never struck. And I know a little bit about your story. You have actually suffered gunshots, correct? Oh, yes, exactly. I, I was shot several times and basically was sitting there waiting to get to die. The difference is wondering if this is going to be where you're going to die and knowing that you're going to die. That's the situation I was in, where there was no doubt in my mind, this is it. And that's what I describe in the books, The Red Dot Club. Additionally, I describe in the books, The Red Dot Club and The Red Dot Club Victims' Voices, why officers do what they do, the heart and soul of them serving, of the heart and soul of them going out there and trying to stop other people from being victims, other people, innocent people, from being robbed or being shot. I describe that. Unfortunately, I think that our, a large segment of our society doesn't understand why we do what we do. This is not just delivering newspapers and mowing someone's lawn. This is a calling that's far and above and beyond anything else that you could do. Well, one of the things so, I've noticed over time is that, and I would love to place blame on people who are misguided, but they truly are misguided. They're, they're mis, what's the old saying? You know, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. That's so much of what people carry around idea-wise regarding policing in America, not just America, we found Australia and Ireland's the same situation, is guided by what the news media tells them. I have people who read my books and say they didn't understand, they didn't know. Thank you for telling us. Thank you for informing us. Because the books are 100% true. The accounts are true. And I don't pull any punches. There's no, when the guys are swearing and they're fighting for their lives, because when you're dying, you are swearing a lot of the times. And when you get angry and you start cussing and yelling and screaming at the person who's killing you, I leave all that in because without that, I can't take you there all the way. Right. So the, the books, if you want to go with a politically correct story, uh, that the books are not for you. But I get people that read and, and say, I had no idea. This is what you guys go through. And I've had religious people read it, and I cringe because the book is, is, has violence, it has swearing, and, and all types of things that go in that are against religion against religious people and they're and i and i wait for them and they finish the book and it's such a great book robert i i i well, were you offended by the language and they seem to hardly notice it no i wasn't it it flowed right with the story and i understand why the officers were saying what they said and i get that so, uh, but we're going to right. take a short break. We're talking with Robert Rangel, a retired Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy. And 
He's an author and currently working as a background investigator for a major law enforcement agency. And we will be right back. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Globekeeper utilizes military-grade encryption. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Epidemic, America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Gauls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Gauls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Gauls.com today. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Back to the conversation with Robert Rangel, retired Los Angeles County Sheriff's Deputy, also an author of the Red dot club and red dot club victims voice i believe the other book is you know you brought up some interesting points robert most people have no concept of what other people go through in life and death encounters you talked very briefly and if you're able to you were shot in the line of duty would you be able or willing to tell people the details of what happened that night 
You bet. I, this is what the book is about, is about telling other people, my, not only my shooting, but other guys who, guys and girls, I'll say it again, I, I use that term in the not alone, I say guys all the time, and, and you know, the, the, my brothers and sisters in law enforcement know I refer to everybody, you know. <laughs> okay, all right, so not to offend those that, that are on the opposite sex, you're out there doing it too, and you get shot also. So, I was out with my partner and I on June 6, 1991. We were doing a prostitution thing. We were in a plane car. We were sitting waiting for uh, another plane car to pick up these male prostitutes, and then we would make the arrest when the deal went down, when the crime occurred. As we were sitting there, now I can be a very funny guy, and I that mate said something. My partner was laughing, just cracking up in the in the radio. We're not a radio car. We're in a plane car, laughing and laughing. I looked up, and there was a guy in front of the hood of our radio car. Now this is midnight. It's a dark intersection. We're in a in a car with no lights on. It's a very dark scenario. There's a guy walking with purpose, and when I say with purpose, if he was walking any faster, he'd be running. He's got his right hand and left hand on the right side of his body as he's walking toward the left front headlight. So, and he's looking with his, his face is turned to his left, looking at us through the windshield. So if you can picture this, he's walking in front of the car. Both of his hands are hidden on the right side of his body as he's looking at us as he's walking toward the headlight. I realize this and it's walking so fast, I pull my gun out as I say, what is up with this guy, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. My partner's still laughing, and as I thrust my gun from the passenger side of the car over my partner's chest, who's the driver, my partner stops laughing and follows my gun with his face, with his eyes. And when he does, I now I have my gun over his chest, over the driver's side, and he sees movement out of the corner of his left eye, turns his face, and when he turns, the suspect now has walked from the front headlight to the driver's door and has a gun in a two-handed grip, and now the gun of the suspect and my partner's face are right next to each other. They're face-to-face. Gun to face, no more than a foot apart. The suspects, they get out of the car. I'm thinking, we've got our raid jackets on, our sheriff's, L.A. County Sheriff's raid jackets on. If I get out of the car, and now i got to shoot over the hood of the car, I can't protect my partner. My partner doesn't have his gun out. We're in a bad situation mm-hmm. here. The guy's got the gun right to my partner's face. And so I start shooting. Now, time has slowed down a lot. Time is like a crawl. Like, things are happening in milliseconds. To give you an example, if you were to take your finger into a keystroke uh, computer, just any letter on the computer, it's just a click. That's what it's like in real time to take your safety off your gun. In the time that I was living in at this point, it took probably 20 seconds for my thumb to get the safety off. That's how slow things had become. 
So I'm screaming in my mind at my thumb, get the safety off, get the safety off, get the safety off. You've got to shoot this guy. Get the safety off. As I'm thrusting my gun in front of my partner's face, come on, you got to get the safety off so you can shoot. That's how slow. And that's how much time I had in my altered time. I start shooting now. My partner goes back into the headrest. His head goes back in the headrest as, as far as far as he can, as I'm shooting right across his face and chest into the suspect who's standing at the door. The suspect fires just milliseconds after I fire. His round goes into the car door. I fire again. Now, each of these shots are taking about three minutes. I, I hear a little oof because sound is altered. Right. I see a ball of flame slowly expanding out of the end of my gun. One shot, then the ball of flame is sucking back into the end of my gun. Each shot's taking about two minutes to happen. I shoot again, ball of flame, slowly expanding. The suspect shoots again. Now I'm hitting him because I'm probably, since my gun is over my partner's chest, I'm no more than two feet away from him. We're basically point blank at each other. As I'm shooting him, he's going down. My partner is now leaning to his right, coming down into my lap. And honestly, I don't know if he's shot. I don't know if he's hit. I don't know if he's dead. And I was thinking, there's no way I could save him. He's going to die. The gun was in his face. So I'm fighting that fear. I'm shooting the gun. The, each bullet is taking two or three minutes, each gunshot. When I get my fourth round off, I hear firecrackers behind me, and I get hit by sledgehammers. Now, the firecrackers behind me are real time. The first round hits me in my vest. The second round hits me in my shoulder and tears through the back of my deltoid and burrows itself in the top of my humerus, which is your upper arm bone. It feels like you're getting hit by a sledgehammer. As I was getting shot, I was shooting my last, my fifth round into the guy at the door, and he's down. Now, what happens in your brain is you're thinking, I've got a threat at the door. Now, someone's trying to kill me from behind. How you weren't even aware that guy was behind you at that point until you heard the, the other gunshots? I didn't know until I, got, until I felt the rounds hitting me. Didn't even know he was there. Because the tunnel vision, you're so focused on your threat. And as you're shooting, remember, I'm in a dark car. I'm aiming my gun by the muzzle flash it coming out of the end of my, uh, end of my gun. The ball of flame coming out of, my, out of the end of my gun is what I'm using to pick up my sights on my gun so I can aim at the guy who's got a gun in my partner's head. We're going to have to take a break. We're talking with Robert Rangel, uh, retired LA Sheriff's deputy, also an author and uh, currently a background investigator for a major Metropolitan Police Department. This is Law Enforcement Today. We're taking a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. 
In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Globekeeper utilizes military-grade encryption. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Epidemic, America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Welcome back to The Conversation with Robert Rangel, guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. Robert, uh, when we left, we are talking about the night that you were shot. Two assailants, one walked up to your car, the other one was shooting from behind. You had been shot. You didn't know whether your partner had been hit or not, or whether your partner was alive. I understand how there's the alter perception about time. And I also understand about, what's the word, audio uh, deprivation or sensory deprivation where you don't, you don't notice other things. My own experience was in shootings, I, I can remember people talking in the background that they were literally right next to me yelling at me, but it's like it was a voice on a television in a different room because I was so focused on the threat. That's right. You you were you you were aware of the threat of the guy at the driver's side of your unmarked car. 
shooting at you yep. and your partner. Then you realize that you were hit by someone from behind. Yes. Tell us w- what happened from that point on. You were struck once or multiple times. I was hit multiple times, hit twice. First round, when you get hit in, the, in, the, in your vest, your bulletproof vest, honestly, you don't know if that round went in. The impact is so hard that you're not sure what's gone in your body or not. I honestly thought that first round went through, you know, into my body. The second round went into my deltoid, into burrowed into my humerus. It felt like someone was take. If you were to take, lay down on the ground, and have someone grab your wrist, put their right foot on, under your armpit and your left foot on the side of your neck, and pull your arm and lean back as hard as they can, like they're trying to pull your shoulder out of its socket. That's how it felt. I so, talked with friends who were you know, fortunately saved by soft body armor, and they said the impact of being shot in the soft body armor was so intense that some of them had herniated and slipped discs from the trauma, even though the bullet didn't penetrate. Yes. Bullets are meant to go through bone, tissue, organs, and shred, and the impact is, is phenomenal. Conversely, people think that when someone's shot, the threat's over. That's not true. People have a lot of fight in them, even after they've been shot. And I'll illustrate this in a second, because after I was shot twice, I blacked out for a little bit. And this is something that not too many people know about. And while I was blacked out, when I say blacked out, I wasn't in the situation anymore. I was all of a sudden sitting there thinking about, this is very sad for my family because they're not going to know that I didn't suffer. I was waiting for the back of my head to come through the front of my face, because the only thing the guy behind me had to do was raise his gun up several inches and shoot. And when he did that, he'd shoot me in the back of the head, and and the impact from the other bullets were so strong that I knew that my, my head would just blow out the front of my face, and it'd be over instantaneously. And then I thought, my parents, my wife, my kids are going to be so sad thinking that I suffered, but I didn't suffer. I wish I could just call them right now and tell them that I didn't suffer, that it's okay, but I can't do that. That made me very, very sad. So I'm blacked out. I'm thinking these thoughts. I'm going to get killed. Not, am I going to get killed? I'm going to be killed. I'm going to die right now. I'm thinking about my family, and then all of a sudden, because of that, I became extremely enraged. And I said, and I describe it in my book more than I could say it on radio, said some cuss words out loud, and I, I'm going to kill you both. And I looked, came out of my black, blacked out state, and I look up, and my partner is leaning out of the driver's window and shooting at the guy who had the gun to his face as he's running away. And I can't believe it because I've shot this guy a bunch of times and he's running. He would disappear. He had fallen down after I shot him five times. Now he's up and he's running away from the car. My partner's leaned out shooting at him and I just can't believe it. I'm in a state of like shock. I lean over my partner's right arm I shoot, the guy goes down in the street screaming, and I say, now you, you blink, 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 
and I my arm's not working, but I thrust my sh- my chest out, and when I thrust my chest out, it threw my arm out of the window, and the the guy that shot me was now running, and I took a shot at him, and then he disappeared around a wall, and that's basically how that went down. So I shot seven times, ta- seven different uh, bullets, three different times. My partner shot six times. The guy at the door, he shot two. The guy behind me shot two that we know of. So that's seven, six, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 bullets, if I'm counting right, in five seconds. And it seemed like an eternity, didn't it? Seemed like two hours. Yeah. And that's something that Hollywood has never gotten right. Uh, you know, everything people see or they think they know about police gunfights, military, I can't speak for military, I've never been in the military, but gunfights and people being struck by gunfire is so far from the truth that it's just, it defies explanation. I've been approached by Hollywood. The book was optioned out for a 50, 50 uh, show series. The deal fell through through no fault of my own. One of the production companies was sued. I've had meetings with other major production companies that want to do a series. Some of them say the book is too dark. We can't do it. Too dark. This well, a lot of life is dark. A lot, of, uh, and this is part of the, the news. My beef with the news media is they don't seem to really accurately portray the amount of carnage and violence and true evil that exists in our society in all aspects of society, and that we see so people true. as law enforcement and first responders. We see people at their absolute worst. Even if they're not criminals, they're going through one of the worst moments of their life. Yes. And the news media will not tell people the truth. They just don't do it. And this is what my books talk about. The the Red Dot Club, the Red Dot Club victims' voices more so. I have 10 shootings, first-hand accounts in the Red Dot Club. I have 10 shooting first-hand accounts in the second. Some of the guys were shot. Some of their partners died with them while they were getting shot. Interspersed in the store, in the shootings in the Red Dog Club Victim Voices, I have other experiences by officers that I just can't forget because of the horror that other human beings suffered. Right. And I want society to understand what it is that's out there, the violence that's out there, and to start supporting our, our, our officers. Absolutely. You know, and I'm so glad you, you talked about your incident uh and I, i've got to ask a couple questions you know obviously you survived how was your partner i did my partner was never hit thank god and here's the here's the most upsetting thing even though the, the guy whole, was right next to him i saved i went to he got married shortly thereafter maybe a year after i went to the wedding this woman comes up to me she starts she starts kissing me she, and she kisses me on the cheek and Thank you. And I don't know her. I've never met her before. She kissed me again. Thank you. You saved my son's life. I mean, you know, talking about it now, even now it kind of uh, really affects me, you know, mm-hmm. because um, I, thought I, I thought he was going to die. I, I thought he was going to die. There's nothing I could have. It was just the good Lord that saved him, really, not me. I didn't do anything. I, I fought like a tiger. We both fought like tigers. But he should be dead. It's only by God's grace that the, when I hit him, I hit him in the pelvis and he a little, and he shot into the door. So this woman was kissing me, thanking me for saving her, her son's life. And 
I thank God every day that uh, he was there with us. Folks, we are talking with Robert Rangel, retired L.A. County Sheriff's Deputy, also author of the Red Dot Club book series, and also an investigator for background investigator for a major metropolitan police department. You listen to Law Enforcement Today. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-569-2507. That's 800-569-2507. Again, 800-569-2507. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Back to the Law Enforcement Today studios. Joining us on the phone from Los Angeles, we have Robert Rangel, the retired L.A. County Sheriff's Deputy, also an author of the Red Dot Club book series and an investigator 
background investigator for a major metropolitan police department. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly in just a moment. Robert, I want to thank you for shedding your insight to a, a, a portion of police work that none of us wants to go through. None of us, I've, I've never met anybody in my career or afterwards that said, woke up one day and said, hey, today's the day that I want to bust a cap in someone. I want to shoot someone. I've never known anyone like that. I've also never known anyone said today's the day that I want to get shot or I, I, I'm, I'm going to die or my partner might get killed. We would do everything we could to make sure that didn't happen. We do everything we could to make sure that the innocent citizen wouldn't get killed either. So thanks for talking about it. Thank you. Let's talk about uh, what you're doing now. And uh, you are, without going to names of agencies, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about that or not. And by the way, we love the First Amendment to free speech, but when you're a law enforcement officer, a first responder, or you work for a government agency, you don't have the same right to free speech. So uh, a lot of times you can't say where you work, but you are a, a background investigator that investigates applicants for a police department out west. Yes, that's correct. We hire many, many, many people a year. We have a high attrition rate. We may lose three to 500 people a year just due to retirements, and we got to keep up with that, and on top of that, increase the numbers. So it's quite a chore to keep up with those numbers, and there are several large agencies out here, and we're all vying for the same the same applicants, same candidates. So you're talking about having to fill vacancies of three to 500 officers every year because of people resigning, retiring, or, or yes. being terminated. Yes, and sometimes it's even a little bit more than 500. What a monumental task that is to find is. that many people. And, you know, and here on the East Coast, where I come from in, in, in Maryland, every agency is, is taking laterals from other agencies and offering them bonuses to sign on with their agency. If you've got experience and you're certified by a state and you've got a good uh, police career record, you know, they're, they're like picking from each other constantly. Is that a situation out West also? We do hire from outside agencies. Uh, it's interesting. We'll get guys that have worked here for uh, this agency. They'll, they'll leave thinking the grass is greener somewhere else and then come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. The problem is finding in our society where we have these guidelines that where you have to meet, and they've been in place for a long, long time. Our society, as it changes, and drug use or other things become more prevalent, it becomes more and more difficult to find people that are qualified, that meet the standards. And I get that. And they've been saying that since the 1980s when I started. So it was, you know, I started with a class we had, I think, that year in the Baltimore Police Department, we had maybe 10 academy classes go through. Uh, My class, which was uh, the ninth class for 1980, we started off with somewhere around 50 in the class, and by the time we graduated, it was 21. That's that's less than half. That's worse than us. We we started 154, and this was in 1983, and we graduated 112. Yeah, you did. Pre- we, we were actually, they were doing the background investigations for a lot of us because the turnover was so high in the early 80s that they hadn't completed the background investigations, so they were pulling people out of class. You know, you'd see oh, an officer come in. Oh, I see. A commander yeah, come in and say, so-and-so, come here, you know, turn in your stuff, you're done. 
these were guys we had all already gone through backgrounds and everything before we were hired. These are people that just did not make it through the academy. But the numbers then were, if you applied to be a deputy sheriff in L.A. County in 1983 and you made it through the academy, you were one out of either two or three out of 100 that made it through the whole process. So two to three out of 100 were getting, were applying and then actually making it through the academy. What percentage of applicants, in your estimation, would you say don't pass the background investigation? The majority of them. That's really the, the filtering system right there. That's probably the biggest, the biggest thing right there. And uh, to, honestly, the biggest problem is honesty. And I said that I said honesty twice, but I, what I mean is, if you come in and you lie, how can we how can we hire you if we can't trust you? Right. How can we give you a gun and a badge and say that you're going to do the right thing and accurately depict what happened in court on a, on a report, depriving people of their right to freedom, possibly putting them in prison, if we can't trust you at the onset? Well, it's true. If you don't have your integrity, if you don't have a good reputation in the court system as being an honest officer, you're... Every case after that is shot. You're done. You're done. You're absolutely done. And you're worthless so, to that to that community. You're worthless to that that agency, that department. That's right. You know, that's one of the things right. I always tell people, you know, uh, your, your radio show, Law Enforcement Today, you know, I'm not a cop. Why should I listen? You know, I don't have any family members who are, are law enforcement. And here's what I tell them. You know, every community in the United States, every one of them has some form of law enforcement agency that works in that community and, and first responders. Different terminologies, but every community in the United States is affected by the quality of the law enforcement officers that they have. And that means that every community, every elderly woman, every elderly gentleman, the little children, the law-abiding citizens, and even the bad guys or borderline bad guys all have a vested interest in how professional and how well-trained their law enforcement officers are. That Correct. means safety for our communities. That it absolutely does. Because once you step over that bounds and your your department or a group of people in the department are known to not conduct themselves professionally, then you lose all respect on all different levels in the society and you're in trouble. And you know, you just brought up a great point, Robert, that I said earlier, you kind of agreed. You know, the news media doesn't put out the truth. They don't put out an accurate portrayal. It's, it, some say it's a negative bias portrayal of policing. And I get, you know, the, the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. And you want controversy because that attracts eyeballs and, and listeners and viewers. I get that. But our community has a vested interest in having the truth portrayed about what's going on out there. In your opinion... Are law enforcement agencies being proactive enough about getting accurate information out there, especially about controversial or controversially reported news stories? So here's here's the issue, right? Having been a detective and having done investigations for a large portion of my life, having taught uh, other detectives uh, techniques in, 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 in uh, interrogation and things like this, when you're involved in an investigation, you really should not let a lot of information out right. because it taints the investigate investigation on, on a lot of different levels and that that's a whole that's a whole show by itself. But conversely, I have this idea and I don't think it's been very well 
put out there. I think that every law enforcement agency, the major ones, Baltimore, I, I guess, is a very large agency. L.A. County Sheriff is, LAPD is, San Francisco PD is. All these different large agencies should have either a news channel or an internet channel mm-hmm. where when they when it is safe to speak about these controversial or newsworthy events where they go on there and present much in the same way that they did at Ferguson if you if you watch when the Ferguson and they went out and presented why they came to the decisions they did in the in the Michael Brown case and why and here's the forensic evidence and this is why we know this happened x y and z i believe that our agency should do that absent the press so they're getting an unfiltered straight factual account of what happened in these events and i think that there would be enough interest in society where they would want to hear what the investigations that were conducted, the findings of those investigations. Absolutely. And there's a way to do it without jeopardizing the integrity investigation. Uh, I get that. Unfortunately, Robert, we are out of time. It's a great conversation. And I, I really thank you for coming in and talking about the harrowing details of when you were shot. You're very I'm welcome. glad you survived. And I'm really glad you we're willing to talk about it and i want to open up an invitation to you to come back to the show because there's so many things that we can talk about in the future and uh then again those agencies especially on the west coast you let them know that here's a platform if they have a story to tell uh we want to be their platform so thanks for joining us on law enforcement today thank you very much it's my pleasure when you have a chance be sure to go to our website lawenforcementtoday.com and download our free mobile app we have a version for your android and iphone devices it's 100 free get it at lawenforcementtoday.com i'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the law enforcement today show We've got another great guest heading your way next week don't miss it until then this is john j wiley see ya